welcome back to an all-new episode, an all-new season, might I say. We are in season five now, which is bizarre because it kind of feels like more like season six, but it also feels like it's still season four, but we're in season five. And I am so excited to announce and to introduce this season's co-host, Alex. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to uh, to be here again in a more formal way. I don't know if I'm a co-host of convenience or if uh, you actually want me to, to co-host, but here we are. Well, I will say that the episodes that you and I are on together always get the highest amount of views. Yeah. Are they views on a podcast or listens? Listen. You hey, know what? listen. Okay. Listen. I'm a YouTuber and a podcaster, I guess, so sometimes I get the two... Confused. Confused. <laughs> There's a lot happening in life. Yes, there is. My brain is mush. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. We announced on both of our channels and both of our Instagrams and kind of everywhere where we, where we can announce something like this, that we are moving to New Zealand. What, what? What, what? Which has been a long time coming. It's Indeed. something that we have talked about for quite a while now. We haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. I've been missing the podcast, to be totally honest with you guys. Um, but sometimes it's a lot to juggle everything. And so I took a longer break than usual between the last two seasons of the podcast. But we're here we're now. Here. We're back. And that's all that matters. And the best part is that I'm going to have you as a co-host this season, which feels really right. You know, um, I really like having Alex on primarily because you bring out a part of me that I don't think any other host or any other guest, I mean, of the podcast can bring out in me. You bring out like the natural side of me. I don't feel like I'm interviewing you as much as I am just having a conversation with you at home candidly. And so... I am excited for the conversations that we're going to have moving forward on here. And um, there's just a lot happening in our life together. So it just makes sense. There's just so much we can cover this season. And I'm excited to bring all of the listeners along with us. Well, first and foremost, let me just say that it is an immense honor to, uh, to be here. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to all of the incredible conversations that we're going to have in this season of Soul Sugar. And yeah, you know, it doesn't feel, it feels different and better when, you know, we have conversations like this. Because like you said, I think a lot of our conversations at times almost feel like they could be great podcasts but they're just our normal conversations and and I'm excited to uh to to talk and to share opinions and to maybe pose questions in a way that um others wouldn't to get a little bit deeper. Yeah. And I think you're right. One of my favorite things about our relationship is our conversation, you mm -hmm. know, and that we get deeper and we challenge each other and we you know, just come together after yeah we come together after but it's just fun to talk to you we we i love our conversations and so it's nice to have a place where we can record them and share them with and the world just to set the scene we are currently sitting on pretty much the last piece of furniture in our house <laughs> which is the couch which uh we almost sold but alex was like should we just have one last place to sit because yeah, we still have a month in this apartment so um, we are, yeah, we're, we're kind of sitting surrounded by boxes and moving materials, but we're going to be, we have tea, yeah, we have, have Lanka right here, snuggled up in our laps mm -hmm. and we have a bunch of cozy, cozy blankets because, you know, Carrie is the queen of cozy. Yeah. We've got some, some cozy, like uh, faux fur blankets and we've got our jasmine rose organic tea and then we've got lonky sitting in alex's lap he's we're on like an l couch and alex is on the like l part and lonka is an organic foot warmer <laughs> exactly and he seems very happy to be here with us so if you hear if you sorry if you ahead, yeah, if you hear like <laughs> random like 
sounds of like licking or, you know, slurping on teeth, slurping or, you know, just kind of, I mean, Lanka is, he, we should have named him Licky Lanka. You know, he is literally. Does anybody else's dog just lick constantly? Incessantly. Always. Constantly. Never stopping. And now he's getting all sleepy. His eyes are starting to get droopy. He, he gets sleepy so quick. So we set the scene for you guys. So the truth is, yes, we are in a situation where we have not a lot left in our house. But we do have a lot more to do. I'll say our bedroom and my office and the guest room are going to need some serious TLC coming up in the next month. But it feels good because we really have been getting quite a bit done. And so... Yes, we're early. We've had so many people tell us like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you've already started. Like you're not leaving for two months. That's when we started in like early November. But there has been a lot along the way that we've had to do while we were moving, like work stuff, like going to go um, visit family. Um, and so Safely. Safely, by the way. But yeah, so we've had some you know, some, some, we've been in and out of the house and we've had some things that we have to get done. And this is the busiest time of the year for work stuff. So between moving, work, family, and just life, it has been a crazy couple of months and we're kind of in the thick of it right now. So we're just taking everything day by day. And I think what I'm really excited about for this episode is just kind of just talk to you guys about the process of moving to New Zealand and kind of what it entails with moving both of us there and also bringing Lanka. Lanka is, <laughs> Lanka just like, if you hear, you know, paws and claws. He has this squirrel toy that when he grabs it, it squeaks, right? So we have it up on top of the fireplace to keep it away from him while we're recording the podcast and he just jumped off of the couch and is staring at the oh god here we go now he's chasing, he's his, chasing tail. his tail Welcome. he's looking around at the empty house and he's very confused yeah and so now he's decided oh well you know I'm poor thing chase. though in reality he really has been so um, he has anxiety that we're gonna leave him yeah so alex is grabbing lonka so that he stops running around in circles and making all of the noise we're putting him outside Okay, let's take a quick break from today's episode to talk about our sponsor, Blinkist. I need to tell you guys about the most useful app on my phone. Blinkist is really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. When I look at the list of books that I want to read, it actually gives me anxiety because it's a long list and I know I don't have the time to read all of those books. Most of the books that I have on my list are books that will just create a more informed me, so I just really want to retain that information. And what I love about Blinkist is that in less than 15 minutes, I feel like I can fast track my path to a more intelligent, healthy me. I like Blinkist because it helps me get the key takeaways of a book that I want to read in only 15 minutes. So I can incorporate those learnings into my life immediately. I use Blinkist when I'm driving in the car or when I am getting stuff done around the house. I feel really productive when I am doing the dishes but also learning. I recently listened to Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend and I absolutely loved it. Highly recommend. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash SoulSugar. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off of your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash SoulSugar to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also enjoy 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash SoulSugar. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So we've got me moving to New Zealand, we have Alex moving to New Zealand, and we have Lanka moving to New Zealand. And those are all 
three different situations. Situations. So, Alex, if you could talk a little bit about, you know, why and how at least started off for us because the how is kind of complex and it might take us a little bit of time but (laughs) the why is not as complex the why is long story short i am a dual citizen of the united states and new zealand my dad is from new zealand he was born there um, and i studied abroad in new zealand for a year back in 2009 at the university of otago in dunedin on the south island my dad's family comes from the north island and you know, I always wanted to live a chapter of my life in New Zealand. And when I met Carrie, um, one of the things I was most excited to do was to go travel New Zealand with her. And so last year we went and we visited. We road tripped uh, essentially from Auckland down to Christchurch, and which is like most of the North Island and about half of the South Island. And we did that in I think about 19 or 20 days. And... You know, come 2020, coronavirus, the world just shuts down. And the last, it's almost been 10 months now of this, has given a lot of tough life lessons, a lot of time to think about where we are in life, what we want from life, where we want to go with our our life path, our career. And our lifestyle. And our lifestyle. What's important to us and kind of how we see our days. And Yeah, and I think we both kind of agreed that, you know, Carrie has been in LA for almost a decade. I'm born and raised in Southern California. Um, I'm from San Diego originally and my mom's family is from LA. So I've been in and around SoCal my whole life. Um, obviously I've traveled quite a bit and, uh, I've lived abroad, but I've always come back to California. And I just think that like lately, both Carrie and I had really this strong yearning for a deeper connection to nature and wanting to change the scenery to live somewhere with less high rises and less concrete and more greenery and more nature. And, you know, there's never been a better time to, um, to use my, my dual citizenship, to use my, my birthright, if you will, and move to, uh, to New Zealand and give it a shot. And so Carrie, you know, she loved New Zealand when we went last year, and I just think that you know we had a long conversation about it, and it just felt like if there's One ever long a time, conversation? multiple. I mean, we had like so many long conversations about it, weighing out the pros and cons, and you know, when we were there visiting, we talked about, oh, you know, like we could live here one day if we want to, and so that planted a seed of conversation and and a seed of dreaming. And so we sort of just kept dreaming it up and talking about it and thinking about it. And it just felt right. Every time we weighed out the pros and cons, the, the pros so heavily outweighed the cons. And I am somebody who has always went, I've always let my intuition guide me. And I've always let kind of my heart guide me. And, um, you know, even when I moved out to LA at 18 and, and graduating, you know, high school year early, like I, I was enjoying high school and everything, but I kind of wanted to like just make a step in a, in a new direction and kind of have a fresh start. And I really love the feeling of new experiences. And I also really love the feeling of being new to a town and kind of being like, you know, everything being a new experience and, that's always been so adventurous for me. And I've always thought in my mind, like, I'd love to live out of the country at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to experience that yet. And it just feels like if I'm ever going to do it, this is the most opportune time in life to set out on that adventure. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that one of the themes that kept surfacing in our conversations was – 
the the desire for new surroundings, new scenery, novelty, new experiences. And I think for both of us, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time in Southern California and we're not knocking it. I love California. I will always love California. I will listen to that John Craigie song, I Am California, on repeat for the entire time that we're down in New Zealand. And if you don't know that song, Spotify it. It's amazing. Um, but, but also, I think in life when you have choices, when you're presented with options, it's always a good call to try both if you can. And I think where we are with the option of moving to New Zealand and giving that a shot and with the location independence of our careers as content creators, it really gives us a special chance to take this option and try it out. And I think, you know, we're in our early 30s, and I'll speak for myself here, but this past decade of my life has been one of the most incredible, rewarding, difficult, and it's taught me so many lessons. And one of the lessons that I've learned from it is take the, take the road less traveled when you have that fork in the road. Everything good that's come to me in my life has come from me going down the road less traveled. It's come from me taking the hard choice, climbing the hill instead of you know walking down into the valley. And, um, and I truly believe that living life like that, those lessons, you know, those hard won victories are so much worth so much more worthwhile than you know the 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 easy choice the i don't know how to I say i completely this. agree with you though i love that point and i guess i never really put it into words when you when you said um like the best experiences that you've had in life is when you've taken the road less travel and that's just so true even for me like when i think back to the moments that if I didn't make these decisions that I made in my life to be brave and to just take that chance, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I also wouldn't know what I know today. And I just wouldn't be who I am today. And obviously, like, I I love who I am today, you know, and obviously that's taken its own time to, to come to fruition to mm-hmm. like be able to, to accept who you are as a human being. But, you know, at 32 am I now yeah like Mm -hmm. I have reached a point where I'm like I I'm happy with the decisions that I've made in my life and I can look back and say some of the best decisions that I've made in my life have been those moments those moments where I'm like you know where other people might look at me and think what are you doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know are you sure are you Mm -hmm. sure even when like no yeah. We're never sure we're never in life. Sure. Never you're sure. never sure about anything. If you're sure about something, then it's probably not the right choice. You know what I mean? Like Totally. Every time if it's a sure bet, then there's no risk and there's no reward. I'll say this. When I look back at three of the most terrifying decisions I've made, they're three of my favorite. One moving to Los Angeles, California at 18. And graduating high school a year early. Another one is adopting a street dog dog from Sri Lanka. Yeah, that was that was that terrifying. Was, that was a risk, but but a huge reward. And that was one that everybody looked at us like, "Are you sure?" Yeah. Um, and then and honestly, falling in love with you. The riskiest thing you've ever done <laughs> was terrifying. Yeah, like both of us talked about. When I know. We met I remember when we first met. You were you were like so scared yeah I told like, you don't hurt me well you scared me because you were so in and you were so like you didn't play games with me and I knew that if I 
was in, you were in, and we were in, and we were going full force. And I was like, yeah. oh my, this is like real. Well, I real. think we were both just at a stage in our lives where we had played the games. We totally. had been played in the games. Yeah. And I think that we were both done with the games. Mm-hmm. And we, at least from my point of view, I had stopped looking for mm-hmm. love. Me too. I was like, okay, you know what? Screw this. I literally I'm just gonna, said. I'm, I'm just going to like <laughs> ride my motorcycle around. I said like a month before I met Alex, I remember telling my friend like, um, I'm just going to like be single for the rest of my life. And if I ever decide I want a kid, I'm just going to adopt. Like I was really in that headspace because I had been like using like Bumble or like Tinder and like meeting. Oh. I was more like, I'm going to pack all of my belongings onto my motorcycle and like ride around the world and just see where I end up. Probably in some little mountain town in like Bolivia or something weird I mean, you like can that. Still do that. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I wasn't planning on you or Lanka, yeah. you know, or a future there. So yeah, no, I, I get it, and I mean, like that's that is the truth, though. You know, like those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely terrifying, but also so invigorating at the same time. Like that is when you should go for it totally and that's kind of how we feel about the decision you know the new zealand decision Mm -hmm. and and you know a lot of people have asked i think when we say that we're moving to new zealand people assume that this is like that it's a permanent final decision and i think that you know it's worth saying that nothing in life is is permanent set in stone and nothing's set in stone and especially in this in this new world at least pre-covid you know you could move around quite a bit but i think that um you know the idea of like starting a new chapter of finding a place to put down roots for a while of you know looking for a place to call our own um you know a project starting starting a family like all these things that we want and that we talk about and that are on you know that are on the next page if you will you know when we stop and we think like where do we want to do that i think personally i remember very specifically like we were coming towards the end of our trip in new zealand last year and we were driving through a small town um on the banks peninsula outside of christchurch and we saw this little kid and he was like seven years old we were driving down the main street he was in overalls barefoot alone eating an ice cream and i said i want my kids to be able to have that like to be to be able to do that because i would not be comfortable letting my seven-year-old walk around Los Angeles alone ever. Yeah, I mean... Let alone, like, barefoot. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's just not the same situation. And I'm sure there are places within the U.S. where that vibe exists, you know? And, And, you know, we love the country that we're from. And I think, like, also I want to refrain from, like, feeling like we even have to over-explain ourselves for the decision because I feel like, you know, so many people get it. Like when Mm -hmm. we say, everyone's like, when we say we're moving to New Zealand, people are like, go. Yeah. You know, you have the option, you you have to go for it. Like, Mm. and... It's not like a grass is greener kind of thing. Although, like, you know, comparatively... Well, like yeah. There's very I mean, green, there's... there's very green grass in New Zealand. <laughs> yes, you know? and obviously there are things like they've handled COVID better, and like mm-hmm. we're gonna get out of managed isolation, which I'm excited to talk to you guys about because a lot of you guys have asked in about managed isolation and how that kind of works, and so we'll explain that in this episode. And, and we should do a podcast yeah. while we're in managed oh, we will. isolation. Totally. Yeah, we will. Um, like day seven. I think exactly the same as day two. (laughs) (laughs) We've been eating only. We've been eating hotel food, and yeah, I've I've read my book three (laughs) times. But to that point, like just to like wrap up the last thing you said, and then we'll move into how managed isolation is going to be for us. But um, you know, nothing is set in stone, and if we decide in one year to two years to you know 
that we want to come back, then we can. And, you know, I always think about what my friend Eileen said to me one time when we were ordering pizza. Um, I was like, can we get two? Like, you know, and she was like, for adults. This is the best part of being an adult. You can make your own decisions. And I always, like, remember that moment of her saying that to me because it's so true. It's like, we're adults. If we don't – we haven't signed a contract to live in New Zealand for the rest of our life. If we end up not loving it, then we come home. Here's your contract. Exactly. Signing. For the rest of your life. Yeah, the rest of your life. <laughs> Alex is pretty good at Kiwi accents. No, I'm not. Actually, my Australian accent's like way better. <laughs> oh my God. But um, no. Uh, yeah, you know, I think, you know, and, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I've been reading a book and it's talking a lot about how modern Western society. Tell them what book they'll want to know. No, I don't want to. Um well, I don't actually remember. That's why I don't remember <laughs> what that one was called. I'll have to go dig around and we put all the books you in, in a know. box. I don't want it. I was like, no, why? we put we put we put all the books in a box. That's why I don't want to go digging around in that book box. Okay. Um, we'll just say that. Yeah, what I was talking about, like how in Western culture, we don't have rites of passage anymore. We don't have clear delineation between childhood and and adulthood we don't have a delineation between being a boy and being a man or being a girl and becoming a woman you know we don't have those clear ritual that we used to have when we were living in like earlier times like in tribal societies and um and i think that you know that kind of it, it was talking about how there's a lot of like grown up children in the world, you know, and how many of us, because we don't have those ritual rites of passage, because we don't have this, this ritualistic ceremony in which you enter as a child and you exit as an adult. So many people in, in modern society just kind of feel like you, you're floating. Like, and so when you, Eileen's talking about ordering two pizzas, you know, let's bring it back to what the conversation was about. <laughs> you, you know, reminding, reminding you like, hey, like, we're adults. Of course we can order two. Yeah, you can order two pizzas. You could, you know, you could do, in theory, whatever you want. <laughs> but, but, no, I don't know. I don't know why I was talking about that, but, you know. Anyways, what we're saying is just like, it doesn't nothing set in stone we don't know if we if we stay if we go but we're going to test it out and like and we are going to explore yeah the bejeez out of it you know yeah and just take it all day by day and enjoy it and it's just going to be a Hike, chapter hiking know? camping fly fishing so let's surfing, talk about how we're gonna get out there well we're gonna put a, we're gonna go on a we're gonna. I don't know if you remember what those were. We haven't were, been on a plane since. I haven't been on a plane since January. Yeah. And yeah, I used to be on. It'll planes be a year. A lot. Oh my god, that's crazy. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> we were on planes every month. Wow. The, in January that. of this year, when we 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 went to Sundance Film Festival, I was shooting a video, um, and we were wearing masks. We wore masks on the plane. It yeah. was it was like January 20th, I think. And people were looking at us weird with the masks. Yeah, they were like, and I remember we were sitting in the, in the theater, the movie theater. Yeah, And we would like put our masks on and people would be like looking, somebody like was like, are you wearing a mask because you're sick or? No, that's what that guy said in the airplane to me. Oh, remember yeah. that was sitting next to me. Yeah. He's like, so are you wearing that mask because you're sick or, or you're you trying to not get sick? sick? And I was like, I'm trying to not get sick. Yeah. <laughs> It's called a mask. Yeah. Some people are still trying to figure out what they are. I thought but, we were you know. bizarre. Anyways, it'll be nice to like, you know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm have going Have a back. little bit <laughs> Have more. a little bit less mask in my life, but not, but, you know, put you know, people at risk. Yeah. And again, we have to go through our managed isolation. So this is how that goes down. Um, we get to New Zealand and then... Managed isolation means that they kind of manage you to like where quarantine. You, yeah, manage you in what hotel you're going to go to. 
So what happens is you arrive either in, I want to say it's Auckland, Wellington, or Christchurch. There's Mm -hmm. three cities that planes are arriving to right now in New Zealand. And when you arrive, um, you have to book, before you book your ticket, you have to book a reservation for managed isolation. And that is done through the government. You book your your managed isolation dates, but you don't know what city it's actually going to be in because the hotels that they're using for this are all across the country. And so when we arrive, like we're flying into Auckland, but we could be put in managed isolation in Wellington or in Christchurch. And so we but don't really know. at the end, know. they take you back to where you Yeah, at the end, they, ta- they fly you back. So we would be like on a little domestic flight. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, it's been their way of, you know, protecting the people from people coming in on planes from other places Mm -hmm. that might be infected by the virus. And personally, I think it is a really smart system and they give you COVID tests while you're in managed isolation and, if you test positive, they don't let you out until you're negative, until you've until you're good to go. And I love it because I feel like it protects the people of New Zealand. And yeah, I think a lot of people look at the managed isolation and kind of think to themselves like, oh my gosh, we have to be in this hotel room for two weeks mm-hmm. without, you know, you, you've got a little bit of room there to like... Go insane. <laughs> you can like do your workouts or whatever like I think you have like a little bit of outside time some places I think that there's like a patio you can I I don't want to say anything that's not entirely true but I know that there are some hotels that do offer a little bit of like sunshine time I'll say this like I'm that is the least I'm just not worried about that process Yeah, some people are like really stir crazy and I I love to move I move every day I need to go like running or exercise or whatever, but like I'm not really worried about the two weeks in the hotel room. Like I can do that. But I did read a funny article. Like some guy couldn't hack it and he escaped from managed isolation. He tied together his bed sheets and he was on like the third story. It might be like, a funny article to you, but I don't think the New Zealand uh, government was very happy about him. No, they no they they caught him and he was like promptly expelled. But um, I thought it was like it's like Rapunzel, Rapunzel, you know, throw me your hair or that's just like, just like tie a pure example of like people not being able to just sit still, sit with themselves. Yeah. I guess like, yeah, it's called introspection. You know, yeah, and I think like this year we've had such a you know. First ten, of all, ten months of it, really. Yeah, and and you've learned how to work out in a indoor space mm-hmm. where you can, you know, we've all yeah. had to figure this stuff out. So yeah. I think, for me, I'm just not worried about that. I'm also a homebody, and like I enjoy, um, you know, just kind of sitting in one spot, and I can sit with myself for quite a while. Like I learned how to do that when I lived alone in Silver Lake for years, and um, for I just, years, it sounds kind of sad when you say it like well, that. Well, I just learned to to enjoy my own company i don't think it's sad i think it's a beautiful thing to be able to spend time with yourself we're both like that Mm -hmm. neither of us really has a problem like spending spending a bit of time by ourselves i personally i think a a dose of solitude is a cure for pretty much everything to be honest with you after all of this like moving and you know you don't want to sit still i don't want to yeah. Just take a deep breath yeah. and sit in isolation for two weeks. Yeah, I've read some threads. It says to bring an HDMI cable so we can connect like a laptop to the TV, TV. in the room and then we can just binge like stuff watch. on Netflix. Oh yeah. yeah, and like obviously we'll make some movement happen yeah. too. But like that just, I Jump don't know. rope. Hopefully there's like some sort of bath situation so I can like sometimes take a bath. But If there's a bathtub, Carrie will be there for a month. <laughs> 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 like, oh, I'm not quite done yet. I'm yeah. just going to run the bath a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we should probably explain what Lanka's situation is because people here are sitting like, oh, it's all good. You know, you got you two guys are going to be well, fine. Well, we should but- also just really quickly talk about how, you know, I don't have my citizenship there. Yeah. So for me, and I've gotten this question a lot, 
Because um, the borders are technically closed. Yeah. If you're not a citizen, a resident, or a visa holder. And for New Zealand, you don't have to be married to be considered a partner. So I'm flying there as a part with a partner visa, but it's like a visitor visa. And I can be there for six months right now, but we've already started the process of starting my work visa there too to be able to stay there for two more years and then within that I can get my residence if we decide to stay longer and then I can um, live there for however long I want. So it's a process. You have to go through each step. But the first step we had to do was the critical purpose purpose visitor visitor visa. visa. And um, so... Should we say that again? Critical Critical purpose... (laughs) Blanca wants in. Go with him in. Um, The critical purpose is that I am his partner. Um, And so we had to go through all of these documents and we had to talk about the chronology of our relationship which is where our Instagram came in like pretty handy because we were able to like you know show them like because they wanted to know our public relationship like for for people they they want to show like that they're faced. not just like oh I just met this person they're paying yeah. me ten thousand dollars to like pretend no. to be yeah together so we had to just like prove that our relationship is real so we did that and we finally were able to get approved it was a lot of back and forth so that's how I'm getting there now, Blanca, more complex, very complicated. The Probably going to become one of the best traveled dogs, you mm-hmm. know, in the history of the world. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe not that. But, yeah, I'm sure but that there's... But he'll be a very cultured animal. I feel like there are... It's interesting because working with the pet relocation company that's helping us, I started realizing that I think celebrities oh yeah um, they do that all the time fly with their dogs all over the world when they are on location shooting a movie yes shooting a movie so those Puffles has to come with me for my new film in Australia filming in Australia yeah so that's what it seems like that these but there's also tons of people who are moving constantly who they bring their dog with them and Mm so um don't think he'll be like the most traveled dog in the world but Sri Lanka United States New Zealand pretty cool like started in an island came yeah. to the big mainland and then going back, going to, back an to an island yep i think he'll love new zealand oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm so excited for there's so many like big open beaches mm-hmm. and i'm really looking forward to that moment when we pick him up after oh. his little managed isolation and we go to some big open beach and we just take him off the leash and like let him run i just cannot wait like all i think about while we're doing all of this is the moment that we're all in New Zealand mm-hmm. and we're all together mm-hmm. and just seeing him run in New Zealand and then me and you being there and then just letting him smell everything in New yeah. Zealand. He'll be like yeah, so excited. I just can't wait till that moment till we're all there. I think when you and I get there, we'll be like, okay, but then we have to wait for Lanka to get out of his quarantine. And then once he's out, I'll feel like it's real. Many people have asked about Lanka getting to New Zealand. We ended up hiring a pet relocation company that specializes in relocating a pet from one place to another and we're working with a lady who specializes in Australia New Zealand I feel like this process is really great that we were able to hire somebody who specializes in that just due to the fact that like moving to another country for people is a a, a lot of paperwork (laughs) not as it is that just like having somebody who's done this before, I think our, our biggest concern is just also his safety and just like the fact that he gets there with us. Mm-hmm. And so for us, we were willing to invest a little bit more money into having that happen instead of just trying to figure out how we can do it ourselves. Um, but I know a lot of people do do it that way. But for us, it felt like a huge undertaking. We tried looking into it a little bit, and it looked very confusing. And it was very confusing. And we, yeah, we were just. And we just honestly just don't have enough time right now. Yeah. Time is time is really valuable. And even though we began the process with a few months, it's just unbelievable how quickly time passes. Every single day. Yeah. We're, we're doing stuff from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to bed and then... Hence why we're filming this podcast at like 5 p.m. right now. <laughs> yeah, we're not filming it though. Um, we're recording it. Same, same. <laughs> are you listening or are you watching? Are you watching and the listening? The YouTube thing. Yeah. And I'm sleepy. Like I'll say this, like, you know, I, 
I'm a Virgo. I'm I can be very like type A in like how I like things like handled. And Alex was shaking his head because he knows like <laughs> I shaking my head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Um, because you know I I just you know moving to another country. I've never done this before. I'm like let's start three months early. Let's get everything out of the house. Let's get things in boxes. Let's go because. My worst fear is that, like, last minute we're just scrambling to just get things where they need to be. And and yeah. that's kind of my – I'm a Pisces. Yeah. I'm kind of more of a free spirit in that. But supposedly I'm Virgo rising, so I do have – You definitely are Organizational Virgo tendencies. Yeah, so he's Pisces Virgo rising. So when I found that out, I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense because – your Virgo rising really, because they say that your rising is what you, um, how you, the world perceives you, and then like what you are is how you feel inside. So like I feel like a Virgo, but I present myself to the world as a Libra, um, because I'm Libra rising, and you are totally Virgo to me because I always think to myself like he is more Type A than I am. He's more like particular and organized than I am. Um, but then you're such a dreamer inside, like, right. You're always thinking about like going to the water and like making music moving and like to New Zealand. moving to New Zealand <laughs> and like, but you don't necessarily want to think about how to be so particular with all of these things, but you, you try to be, I don't know. I'm just trying to make sense of it, but so am I, I don't know either. Yeah. Does just, anybody ever really know? No, I don't think no. they really know. Yeah. But I think that that's part of why we work, though, because I feel like Libra and Pisces have a little bit more in common, and then we're both like... What is your sign at? Like, are you a book? Oh, what do you mean? You're like, what's the actual For Virgo? Symbol? No, for Libra. Well, well, for both of them. I don't even know. Virgo's like a woman. I know Pisces woman. is a fish. Well, that's accurate. Um, It's like, sometimes it's like a mermaid, or like, it's like a Virgo, like virgin. Is it a water, water sign? No earth. That's a mermaid on land? Mm-hmm. I guess so. A land I mean, they just do mermaid, like, at, to show, like, a woman sometimes. Like, it's normally, like, a woman figure when I see it. Okay. What about Libra? I don't know. Maybe a book? I don't know. I know that they're, like, diplomatic and, like, um... Okay, Google. What's Libra's symbol? Scales. Huh? Scales. Like a snake or something? No. Thank you for that lovely addition to the podcast. Google. I don't know if that. <laughs> now you just made everybody's Google go off. Okay. Well. <laughs> maybe maybe their ones will have a better answer than that. <laughs> that was a lame answer. If anybody knows what Libra sign is, because I don't think it's scales. I think I I don't know what it is. I don't know much about Libra because I've been a Virgo my whole life. But then when I found out I was Libra rising and I read what a Libra was, I was like, oh, ho, ho, this makes so much sense. It's all, it's all, you know, hieroglyphics to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're cooking dinner right now. We've got the crock pot going. We love making a crock pot. I got you on that crock pot game. Alex made a slow cooker meal today. One of my favorite things about you is that you like to cook. I love cooking because, you know, if I don't do it, I don't eat. And there, that's the main reason. Don't act like I don't cook. It's not that you <laughs> don't cook. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about in previous yeah. moments in Crossroads in my you. life. Yeah. You know, like when I was living in Spain, like same like in college. Yeah. Kind of had to figure it out. Kind of had to figure out how to cook stuff. I started- and even in high school, we used to do a pasta night. Me and all my buddies, we would um, – We'd kind of like take turns hosting it, and you all—it was on like a Wednesday, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, one of one of those, maybe a Thursday. I don't know. It was midweek, and we would go to each other's houses, and there would be like ten of us, and we would—it was like a potluck. Everybody would make a pasta and bring it. They were all guys. Yeah, and so then we cute. would play poker, and we would Love you know, it. like drink beer and that type of stuff i love that yeah it's um, fun your dad cooks and so i think that that's part of why you and your brother both enjoy cooking mm-hmm. it's just in in my experience i've just i've never 
like I don't know a lot of guys that like to cook in in my experience I know that there are a lot of other men out there that do cook um but it's just nice that I don't have to hold all of that weight because I think that it's really common in households for like um women to kind of do all of it and mm-hmm. it just makes me feel a little bit more because I like I also have my job <laughs> yeah no totally I don't expect you to cook all the time you know I my my grandfather was an incredible man and I love him and rest in peace but one of the things that you know he would always say is like uh, he he's like all I know how to do is boil an egg and make a ham sandwich and I was like you know that's very that's a very antiquated like you must really love boiled eggs and ham sandwiches then because <laughs> that's it you know what happens? like to each their own like if it works for some relationships I just know for me I would just go I would be off the wall if I had to do all of that at all at all times you know the slow cooker is great because the way to do it is you have breakfast in the morning and then right as you clean up breakfast prep and put the slow cooker together yeah the, the slow cooker is a saving grace for even if you're like a single mom and you're trying to like do all of this on your own. Like if I, if that were me, if I had to cook on my own all the time, the slow cooker would be my go-to. Go-to every single day. After breakfast, I would prep it, even though I do, I do this College now with student, us, but. Or if you're working, yeah. you know, if you're working from home, even better, you can just wake up in the morning, get it done at like 10 a.m., put yeah. it on the six-hour slow cook, and by, you know, four or five, you're like ready to start going. And it tastes so good because everything's been like seeping all day, and it's so nice because the whole house smells so mm-hmm. good. I am just – we are like the slow cooker king and queen. We just always do that. Slow food, not fast food. It's so good. And, yeah, it just makes the house smell good all day long, and you can try new things all the time, and – this I, is not sponsored by Crock-Pot. No, but you can get one for like 50 to $60 or something, even probably cheaper now. When I bought mine, it was like $50, I think, when Perfect. I lived in Silver Lake. And it was like it was like the best investment ever for my kitchen. I love cooking in a Dutch oven, which is essentially a Crock-Pot but over fire. The main drawback to cooking that way is that you can't really leave your house because – I'm not a fan of leaving the things, stovetops stove yeah. unattended, you know, mm-hmm. the gas could get blown out and then all of a sudden, you know, your house is full of gas or whatever. It could explode. Your house could burn down. I don't know. That's happened before. I don't want to do it. So well, watching This Is Us and seeing the slow cooker oh, burn down their house made me really upset. Was that a slow cooker? It was a slow cooker. I'm pretty It positive. was 1970. Yeah. Okay. It was a small Things have little a lot like better. tan slope where I remember exactly what it looked like because when oh I saw God, that happen, I was us. like, yeah. <gasps> no, because I already have the fear what's of Mil- what's Milo's house name in that show? Down. Jack. Jack. Jack and Rebecca. I already have like a, a fear of a house being like, even sometimes when we're on walks, I'm like, I smell fire. It's not our house, right? <laughs> like Carrie has like an <laughs> irrational fear of she left the curling iron on. on or if I didn't blow out a candle or if she didn't blow out a anybody candle. anybody else with me. I just, I always am so afraid of it um, because I have left the curling iron all day long before and I came back and it was like, and like we've a had burn a burn mark and we've had a candle go ape shit and it, like at your literally old almost Ben's burn. beach house. Yeah. It, it was like on fire. No exaggeration. The flame coming out of the candle, it was the very, 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 very bottom of the candle. It had burnt out all the wax, and what was left was like this residue and a little bit of. It was like tin. It went sky high. Um, good. Five, four or five foot, like flame coming out of a candle. It was insane. And the good news is that we weren't there. Yeah. So we caught it. Yeah. But what if we were like, even if we were like in the other room. Yeah, I know. It would have burned that entire room like so quickly. Would have burned it all down. So that's just, you know, it's a fear of mine that I don't know if it's that irrational because it can happen. It's good to be, you know, aware of those things and like think about them. Obviously, like you can get to think about them too much to where it's like paranoia. But for me. Fear of burning candle. (laughs) 
you just make that up? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's how did we get to the burning of a house? I don't This oh, is us. This is us. Yeah, so crockpots. Yeah, crock that's pots. the thing. It's like I think they're a lot safer. Safer now. Especially these days. Maybe yeah. not in the 70s when Rebecca and Jack were like a young couple. Was it the 70s? 60s? 60s, 70s. Yeah. I don't know. I love them though. I know. Everybody's like, people have said that we're like. The Rebecca and Jack. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of a double doppelganger, really. I used to get like Mandy Moore, like, um, like lookalike type of things. Like, you know how people say like, what's your celebrity like mm. look like? And I honestly think that it's just because of like the, fre- we have a freckle in the same spot. Mm, yeah. And brown hair. Like, yeah. But you kind of do look like you, you have like his like hair, like you have the same like hair lines as him, like the same beard, color same beard, hair. hair, the same yeah. hair, like same like coloring. I think, and I think that he that's has why dark people eyes, say that. I think black eyes. Because I definitely wouldn't say that we were like we look like them, but I think that people are like, oh, it's a couple that like has. I get similar. the most bizarre. Every other day, somebody sends me a DM on Instagram. It's like, hey, you look exactly like this person. They're like the chain smokers guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, some random like Serbian soap star. Who knows? I don't know. Well, I think that we're going to end the episode here. I feel like this was just a hangout session with all of us. We've just kind of been like, I hope that when you guys listen to these episodes with us, like we're honestly on the couch in cozy blankets and tea. And we are just kind of having a conversation with you guys as if you were here. And I hope that when you listen to this podcast, whether you're in your car or whether you're in your house cleaning or you're on a walk, whatever it might be, I just hope that you feel like you're like here with us and we're all just like kind of chatting and that it's like an intimate combo. And that's especially what I want for this season specifically because that's how I'm feeling. Like I don't, I'm not feeling like bringing on people this season where, and maybe we will, maybe we will, maybe I'll change my mind because there's somebody great that we want to talk to. But I think for now, like just in this huge like life transition, we just kind of want to like be with you guys and like bring you guys along on this journey and the intimate details and the hard times, the good times, the just kind of the whole process. And um, I hope that it feels like a warm hug when you listen and that's always like everything can't that hug I, anymore. So you might as well just listen to social. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I hope for anytime I create anything. So, um, I appreciate you guys being here. We're going to go eat our slow cooked meal. Do you have any last words or anything you want to thank you for, um, for having me on the show and, um, I hope I do a good job. I don't know. You're yeah. doing a great job. Thank you. That a boy. <laughs> Words of affirmation. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks so much. It's been fun and I'm excited to uh, to hopefully add value to the podcast and um well, I appreciate add you a different perspective. Being here, like and just chatting with me and it's nice to like it's nice to have you here. It like makes me I don't know, it just like feels feels good. It feels good to have you here with all of us. So thanks. Well, I'm excited to be a formal member of the Soul Sugar community. So yes. thank you. We love having you here. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you very soon in an all new episode of Soul Sugar Podcast. In the meantime, come chat with us on all of our different platforms. Alex is on YouTube as Alex the Vagabond. He is on Instagram as Alex the Vagabond. You can check out Carrie Rad Instagram, Carrie Rad on YouTube, and then also we have the Soul Sugar Instagram, which is at Soul Sugar Co. So we will talk to you guys very soon in a new one. Bye. Bye.